0: It's Paul Smolin, M.D., your PEDCAST host, bringing you informative and entertaining knowledge on a wide range of parenting and child health topics. You have parenting questions. He has answers. It's portable, practical pediatrics on your schedule. And here is your PEDCAST host, Dr. Paul Smolin. Dr. Paul Smolin here, the curator of my little creation that I call DocSmo.com, the home of portable practical pediatrics. From gestation to graduation, if the topic involves children, we talk about it here. Now, I was reading my journals the other day, and I came across an article that caught my attention, mostly because it's a very different type of article than the usual I find in pediatric journals. I really have no idea why this article was in a pediatric journal, but it was, and it immediately caught my attention, especially in light of a recent murder of a Boston doctor that was allegedly killed by the son of a former patient. If you didn't hear about this, I'm putting the link in this post. You've got to read about this. Anyway, the journal article that I'm referring to is entitled, Chinese pediatricians face a crisis. Should they stay or leave? And this article appeared in Pediatrics in December of 2014. Uh, The article describes the sad state of pediatric medicine in China. I think if you talk to many pediatricians in this country, they would tell you that things aren't so great here either. We pediatricians feel like we are under assault with electronic medical records, meaningful use, and the growing influence of government and bureaucracy in our daily lives, but nothing like what is being described in China. Let me summarize the state of pediatric medicine in the land of the rising sun. Let's start with the fact. The number of pediatricians in China is dwindling. Currently, there is 4.3 pediatricians for every 10,000 children as opposed to 14.6 pediatricians per 10,000 children in the United States. Chinese doctors are just choosing not to go into pediatrics. Why, you ask? Because pediatricians in China are very poorly paid and very much overworked. Seeing an average of 90 patients a day and making, on average, 30% less than their adult doctor colleagues. Next, patients wait in line for hours to see a pediatrician, which makes for very unhappy patients and families. Now, here's the really frightening part of the article. Families with children who feel like their child has not gotten good pediatric care, well, let's just say they get mad. And they act on that anger. In fact, so mad that in the year 2006, 831 pediatricians were attacked. And in 2013, 15 pediatricians were seriously injured or murdered. Think this is only a problem in China and could never happen here? Think again. Check out this article from Scientific American about violence against healthcare workers in the United States. It is actually quite common here in the States as well as in China. I really had no idea about this. Fortunately, to my knowledge, pediatricians in the United States have been mostly spared in the assault category unless you wander down to the emergency room, the the emergency department. When I worked in the ED as a resident, I was involved in physical restraining patients on quite a few occasions, some that involve pediatric patients, but mostly with adult patients. So how have we managed to keep three times more doctors going into pediatrics here in the U.S. than in China, you ask? Well, pediatricians know going in that they could make more money doing something else, so a large salary is not the answer. There are much easier ways to earn a living, but they choose pediatrics here. No, pediatricians choose pediatrics because they enjoy being around children and they want to improve the lives of children. But if practicing pediatrics becomes dangerous, as well as relatively poorly paid medical specialty, not only will children lose out, but we will all suffer. Keeping our healthcare workers safe, fairly paid in relation to their training, and in adequate numbers needs to be a priority here, or we may just duplicate the Chinese experience. Pretty interesting article, don't you think? If you like learning about new things in pediatrics, take a moment to make sure I can notify you of new posts that you might be interested in by subscribing to docsmo.com at my blog. No marketing, no selling your email address, no hanky-panky. Just my way of keeping your pediatric knowledge up to date. Your free pediatric education continues right here at docsmo.com. Be the best informed parent in the room. Go ahead, subscribe. And don't forget to check out my new book, Can Doesn't Mean Should, now available on Amazon and iBooks and Barnes & Noble, as well as many fine bookstores. I know you will enjoy reading the book. Just get it. Read it. This is Dr. Paul Smolin recording in Studio 1E, acknowledging that it would be a shame when your child needs health care, that their child's doctor just wasn't there. Until next time. I would like to thank the following people for their assistance in the production of this podcast Dr. David Jaffe, the voice of the introduction, Robert Beezer, the composer arranger of the intro music, and Gesner, my wonderful content editor. Benjamin Smolin and Jerome Mouffe, the talented musicians who produced this delightful theme music, Sarah Smolin and Nathaniel Horlick for their digital wizardry, and Wendy Smolin, Esquire, and Seth, the Rocket Man barrister, Jaffe, for their inspirational guidance. Thanks, guys. By listening to this PEDCAST... You agree to all of the terms and conditions found at the DocSmo.com website. This DocSmo.com podcast is informational only. Dr. Smolin does not diagnose, treat, or offer specific medical advice for your child. For specific medical advice regarding your child, consult his or her health care provider.